ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for whoa, 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 Wednesday, August 26th. My name, of course, is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres podcast. Guys, check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, as well as the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com. And I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. We will be doing a a more question centric episode. I think maybe Friday. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do that. So look for a tweet. Maybe this Thursday or something like that. Something like that. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Things are changing. And speaking of things that are changing, guys. So I'm going to be playing um, part two of my conversation with DC Lundberg uh, in just a second. But first of all, I wanted to just talk about Chris Paddock. His start was not great. I did have a question that was sent to me, though. So I'm going to save more of my thoughts on Paddock for later. It was nice seeing uh, Hosmer hit that home run yesterday. It was a bad uh, game overall. Even Tatis looked human. He went 0 for 5 for like the second time of his career. And he made not an error in the infield and whatnot, but he still didn't make the play at home play. It was just a bad game. And honestly, you could say that the Padres were due for a game to not go their way. But I'm going to talk about that more later. Instead, I want to just, before we get into the conversation with DC, as many of you have probably heard by now, I waited to record my intro because of the news that was coming out. The, uh, the NBA has postponed all of its games tonight. Uh, in wake of the Milwaukee Bucks basically deciding that they're uh, wild strike boycotting. I don't know the exact term. I think it's called a, a wildcat strike. That's some of, I've been alerted to uh, that boycott isn't necessarily the correct term for uh, situations like this. But uh, um, after the shooting of Jacob Blake, another unarmed black man. And I just wanted to talk about, apparently, because the Brewers, the Milwaukee Brewers, are apparently uh, meeting right now. They're discussing some things. I saw some comments from from Josh Hader talking about what happened, and they're discussing the status of their game tonight. So basically, I just wanted to say, first of all, um, we might get some, some suspensions, and we might get some suspensions of baseball, is what I mean. We might have some games, too. Maybe we'll see whether or not the uh, the MLB follows suit. And I just want to put that out there and say it's possible that maybe the Padres follow suit. We'll see. It might This might go throughout the entire league. We'll see. I don't know. By the time this is posted, it could be that the Padres game has been postponed. So I just want to say uh, I think that everyone listening to this, my Friar Faithful homies, um, you should not be uh, critical of the players in that respect if they don't want to play, if they feel like it's time to speak out. Uh, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows how I fo- probably feel on this situation, especially some of my my politics probably. That, and I don't usually uh, talk about politics too much on my show. I try to keep it as baseball-centric as possible for the most part, even though every now and then I, I wade into politics. Because politics are part, part of everything. It doesn't matter what it is. There is no such thing as stick to sports, stick to art, stick to writing, stick to whatever. No, we're all well-versed people that exist in this world, and we're seeing that the world right now, it's its pretty messed up, including, in the, obviously, in this country uh, when it comes to police brutality and whatnot. So I'm going to end it there and just say I recommend everyone listening go read some sources, go listen, uh, go read Sterling Brown's piece in the Tribune that he talked about. I read that. That was very powerful. Um, there's some fun things to read too. Like I, I mentioned on the Twitter page, uh, that Don Rosillo talked with Hannah Kaiser about kind of the Padres thing. That's a fun thing too. If you need a little bit of a, a break, a breather, but I recommend everyone just go listen. Uh, this is bigger than sports and 
Well, I would love nothing more than to keep watching this Padres team that has made my life infinitely more fun and in terms of a work and a career standpoint for sure. But uh, this is a, a turning point, I believe. I believe that this is a, a hopefully incredible moment. I think that we're going to see when a, a lot of people decided, no, uh, we're not just going to take money. We're not just going to ignore what's going on and take the easy way out. We're going to make a statement. And that's why I think the Milwaukee Bucks did. And I think that's what the NBA did. And we'll see what follows suit and what have you. And the last thing I'll say is anyone who's being critical and saying that rich athletes are, are shouldn't be speaking about this. They're so fortunate and gifted. Um, as Pablo Torre said of ESPN, he said, well, to all those people who think that, it's not like we listen really, and I'm paraphrasing. It's not like we really listen to the voices of the poor all that often. So this is an example of leadership. It's an important example of caring about our our brothers and sisters, different races, creeds, whatever. But in this case, it's about police brutality. So my my thing, I'm going to conclude by that. I feel like I've been talking too much. Uh, Pay attention, everyone. This is a moment, and you want to be on the right side of it. With that being said now, guys, let's get into part two of my conversation with Mr. D.C. Lundberg, where we talk about kind of the history of the Seattle Mariners and other Mariners stuff. You know, a little bit of a, I catch up, what's his face on the Padres, like the offense, how it's doing, and we even talk about some potential trades that might happen, whether the Mariners are in the trade market and what have you, so uh, yeah, that about does it, guys. Uh, let's get started. Uh, do you have any like questions for me in terms of uh, the Padres or anything like that that you want to know about? Oh, well, we discussed the pitching, and um, obviously the player that uh, most people want to know about, so I'm not going to ask, and, uh, <laughs> and if you don't know <laughs> person is Mariners listeners go look it up you've been sleeping under a rock Fernando Testiza Jr. yeah just type in F in the search bar and I think he'll probably come up I think he'll be good I think it's the third (laughs) autocorrect right beneath a French fries and Ferrari and then you got Fernando Tetis Jr. yeah there you go exactly right uh I don't know what I'm saying in any case um tell me a little bit more about uh, (laughs) you guys on the offensive and defensive side of I I'm a goofy person what can I say Hey, hey, dude, are you kidding me? I mean, come on. I, mean, I love it. Come on. That's, that's, yeah. that's my brand right there. So uh, just for the for all the Mariner homies out there, you know, we have a lot of players that have been good for us this year, right? So, and it's been, I'd say that the Padres have been a consistent six, like six guys deep, right? You've got Tatis, obviously. Machado is officially looking like Manny Machado. He's looking like May and June Manny Machado of last year. People forget no one said he was bad last year, but people for, forget sometimes that the the after seas, the after months weren't as great. It wasn't thirty uh, three hundred million worth, right? Now he's playing like a superstar. And it really started with the uh, the series against um, the Rangers. It started like a little bit before that, actually. I'd say mm-hmm. getting some singles here and there, getting some doubles, taking a couple walks, and then his. But the Rangers I'd say easily take advantage of though i think yeah, they, exactly going into the seattle series the, the ranger starters did not fare well at all against the seattle and i mm-hmm. think that their era starters era going into that series for the past week or so was about 11 and i think it's about 4 billion now yeah <laughs> i think that's, that's probably what it is i mean mike minor and they lost kluber and all, like all these guys have just not been very good for them and the padres no. showed them and i think that manny's grand slam walk-off was kind of his defining Padres moment which is what's crazy to say right and it's I think he won NL player of the week it's his first one as a Padre so it's like it was definitely like it, it this has been his his Padres moment so far so you've got those two those are the obvious ones right then you guys yep. like got guys like Trent Grisham who are some mm. of the most patient batters in the league right and oh, you know 
not to not to brag or anything like that. You know what I mean? I was really <laughs> amped about him coming into the season because I was like, one of the things the Padres struggled with the past couple of years on base oh. percentage. Take mm-hmm. some friggin' walks. They needed that. Trent Grisham, maybe he's a 240, 250 hitter, but when you look at every single minor league throughout his career, always been an on-base guy. You know what I mean? So that made me excited. And this is a team that had guys like Hunter Renfo and Fran Miel Reyes last year. You know what I mean? Those guys never take walks ever, even if they are really fun to watch when they hit a home run. <laughs> I, I always joke how Hunter Renfro, if you only watch the home run highlights, looks like mm-hmm. like Barry Bonds. Like the way he crushes the ball is awesome, man. And I'm still rooting for him. He has a big grade at Tampa, but I'm still rooting for him. So they've got Grisham, right? They got him from that perspective. He has the three or home run game the other day. And then they've got... Uh, Eric Hosmer, who all of a sudden slightly looking better, hasn't been amazing. Hasn't been amazing. Definitely not as uh, as good as the other five that I've, I'm going to mention. Um, but it's like he's embracing launch angle like crazy, right? Eric Hosmer embracing launch angle. Um, I'm looking forward to maybe uh, listening to the Mariners broadcast. I joked about this uh, with Bryce Paterik of Lockdown Rangers that one of my favorite things to listen to is American League teams that play against the Padres and their announcers where they talk about Hosmer, right? They get into him and they go, and here's the gold glover there at first baseman. Nice play by the the gold glover, like a a nice little play. And then they go, you know, John or whoever the Bears broadcasts (laughs) or whatever, right? They go, uh, you know, you know, Eric Hosmer, he's won like three gold gloves for before, but you'd be surprised that he actually leads the league in errors at first base. It's like the the realization by commentators that Eric Hosmer has, I don't want to call him a grifter, but has it been as good as his reputation kind of precedes him with those gold gloves is one of my favorite little fun things in baseball i've noticed (laughs) uh and then they've got and then just to conclude will myers who is i've always been a fan of his not because he's good but just been a fan of his fun fun goofy kind of player he's not just fun and goofy yeah still he's fan and gloves not only is he still being fun and goofy and that carefree kind of happy-go-lucky attitude california kid but he's that and he's actually really good now with an on base of like 350, 360, getting hits wow. every time they need it. Strikeout rate is still a lot, still a lot. But if he's hitting bombs every now and then, it's still able to get some singles and doubles uh, every now and then. This might be like a, they might get some value from him every now and then. And then they have presumably probably the the runner, the the leader, the front runner for rookie of the year and Jay Cronenworth, who mm. we aren't Cronenworthy. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, he's been excellent. Excellent. He plays like every position. He's been when really? I think of teams, uh, he plays. He's played. He's played short. He's played third. He's played second. He's played first. They're using mm-hmm. him at second more now. That's probably his number one position. Okay. But um, and he's also he can pitch too. He hasn't pitched, which with the way the bullpen's gone, they might have to consider that. But he's a guy that's <laughs> batting like 310 right now, something crazy like that. So he's the front front runner for rookie of the year. And when I think about teams that break out, mm-hmm. there's always that guy. That isn't the prospect that everyone's talking about. It's not the big um, free agent signing. It's always that little kind of, and it's never the, it's not the best guy on the team, but it's yeah. always that guy that kind of breaks out. And that's yep. what's so exciting about the Padres. So the offense, man, there's a reason why everyone's been called the Slam Diego. It's 100 percent true, and, and I hope that they could they could kill the Barrier starters. I'm not lying with you. I hope that they can. Um, you would be a good because Padres the offense, you know, if you wanted the Mariners yeah. to win. Yeah, exactly, exactly. On, so that's kind of what it is from that perspective for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you saying, you know, um, going back to something you just said about Cronenworth, that sometimes a breakout candidate is not the top prospect or even the best player on the team. Team, I can mm-hmm. name two Mariners who fit that okay. bill. One of them is on the injured list right now, but that would be Dylan Moore, who hit mm-hmm. like 205 last season. He's got sneaky pop in his bat. He's not a big guy. 
and mm -hmm. he just hits line drives all over the place, and he can barrel in his barrel to to ball contact skills. Oh my gosh, I'm starting to get really incoherent. Uh, has has <laughs> just been superb this season, and the other one, and this is a key one because Tom Murphy has been hurt all year. The starting catcher is Austin Nola, who mm. has kind of forced into a everyday role and everyday role i should say if i would like to speak properly which i do from time to time but he's hitting what two maybe <laughs> 290 and he's driven in some key runs and he's got some extra base punch and he's really taken his offensive game to another level as well while continuing to work on his defense because he came up through the minor leagues as a shortstop yeah i mean this is what you need from teams to break out so they're both almost 30 years old they're no longer prospects they're 28 <laughs> Oh, well, well, there you go. I mean, hey, uh, late bloomers are possible. It happens. It happens in life. It happens yeah. in life for sure. So, hey, good, yeah, <laughs> I mean, and good luck for them for sure. Now, yeah. one last question before I just then ask you about your your Mariners roots, which I talked about how I wanted to talk about that. Right. One sure. last question. What are the Mariners, since I feel like I'm going to be asking every team this, what's mm -hmm. their, are they doing anything at the trade line, deadline? Is Kyle Seeger perhaps the guy that might be be shipped out? Or or is anybody going to be shipped out? Because I'm one of those people, I don't even know if any trade's going to happen just in the current situation that's going on right now. Well, the thing about the Mariners, I think they're in a unique position. They're certainly not going to be buyers. They're sure as hell not going to be buyers. But I'm not really sure, necessarily sure they're going to do much of anything. Because I think they like Seeger. He's under contract for next year also. Mm -hmm. So they might want him next year as part of this, you know, as part of a, as part of the rebuilding project to to be a veteran presence on the team because I believe D Gordon's contract expires after next season and he's not producing anyway. Oh, yeah. We haven't even talked about D Gordon. <laughs> What's his hard ball ratio? Like ten percent? Like yeah. <laughs> he's just no, not great. No, but he's also no longer starting because the Mariners want to develop Shedlong and J.P. Crawford at second base and shortstop, respectively, together at the major league level, which kind of leaves D in a utility role. He's been playing mostly left field this year because mm. the Mariners don't – they have what – I think they actually have three outfielders on their roster right now, but there was a time when they had one, and they had infielders playing the corner outfield positions. But in, in any case, I don't think Kyle Seager is going quite honestly, although I wouldn't mm. be surprised if he went. Um, there's kind of a surplus of starting pitching – Marco Gonzalez is not going anywhere. I've seen a few people speculate that, you know, that they might want to get out from under that contract and trade him for prospects. They're not going to do that. They signed him to an extension for a reason. They like him and they want him to be that number one mantle starter. He's not going anywhere. The one pitcher that I would not be surprised at all if he went was Taiwan Walker because he's mm -hmm. on a cheap one year contract and it might be a good rent a player for another team. If the Mariners don't want to extend him and given his production this year, I don't know if they want to. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, Hey, I mean, and the Padres are definitely Vogel back too. They did just trade Daniel Vogel right. back. That they designated right. on Thursday. They traded him to the blue Jays uh, for cash considerations, which I am led to believe was actually an Arby's gift card, but Hey, <laughs> Hey, you know, I don't think I've ever been to Arby's, by the way. Oh, this is, okay. I, as someone who's an, uh, a fast food connoisseur uh, and enjoys a fast food every now and then, I'm missing on some. I'm missing on Jack at the Box. I've never been to Sonic, never been to Arby's. Only only recently did I check out, which one was it? 
uh, Popeyes. I only went to that one recently. Like, so I'm I'm missing out on some of that. But anyway, uh, as this <laughs> is a baseball America, podcast, his name is Carl Junior, which is kind of nice. Really, Carl Edwards. I call him Carl's Junior. Carl Edwards uh, Junior. That's awesome. I also, call, <laughs> I also call him the famous star, but that's you know, hey. Yeah. Um, so lastly, uh, yes. to kind of round things out, and I want to talk to you about your origins. Now, I don't actually usually ask everybody this about the podcast mm-hmm. because, you know, honestly, Theo, not every team do I necessarily care about. Like, all right, you like the Yankees. You grew up in New York the whole time. Okay, cool. The end. Right. So, <laughs> but with, with the Mariners, because uh, we were talking about before we started recording, uh, SB Nation did this really great video series that I recommend everyone checking out. I might link that too in the podcast description. Um, they did this great like history of the Seattle Mariners. It was both nerdy and spectacular. It had a lot of nerdy stats, breaking news, you know, John Boys and all of them. They love doing the baseball nerd stats and stuff. I just find this franchise, and I think everyone agrees, so fascinating. And we talked about that 2001 team, right? And that team, they discuss in uh, one of the, the parts of the video because, and I knew that they were good, but I forgot. I forgot how it was right after they lost all those guys. What a fascinating team for you to lose all those guys. You lose A-Rod, you Edgar, Puerto Rican power, like he's basically gone, right? You lose Ken Griffey, you lose all these guys, and all of a sudden, you break the major league record. Like, what, like, how do you get into this team, and what has it been like being a fan of arguably one of the weirder franchises in sports in some bad ways, but also some kind of like chaotic good ways? Yes. I got an email question from a listener that I'm actually going to read you on air. I'm not going to answer it quite yet because my mailbag segment is on Friday, but uh, I was born in Seattle and I lived there for 30. I Mm -hmm. I lived in the suburb for 33 years. Um, I didn't really get into baseball though, until the tail end of the 1995 season. I was 10 years old then. And that's when Mm -hmm. it really, really got exciting because the Mariners were finally doing something good. And Mm -hmm. I discovered, Hey, baseball is actually fun to watch rather than, you know, fun to just play. And then I, I, I dove, you know, head first into it. And I really actually became more of a Baltimore Orioles fan at that point because I was a Cal Ripken Jr. fan. But ah. as the Orioles started to decline and I didn't like Peter Angelos very much, still don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like you said, and I always did kind of root for the Mariners, but the, Oriole, the Orioles were my team really until about 2000 or 2001. And coincidentally, that's the Mariners, you know, like coming out as it were right after they trade Randy Johnson at the deadline in 1998, which is one of the better trades that they executed in franchise history because they got Freddie Garcia, mm-hmm. who was an integral part of that 2001 season, Carlos Guillen, who supplanted Alex Rodriguez at shortstop and obviously was not going to produce the type of numbers that Alex Rodriguez did uh, offensively or defensively, but he was a steady shortstop for the most part and john halama who was a useful kind of 4a type pitcher that was a great trade then uh, they had to trade ken griffey jr because uh, he wants to you know play for cincinnati and then that also that, that wasn't the best trade but you know they got mike cameron out of that deal and right. defensively every mm-hmm. bit as spectacular as ken griffey jr was and there was one play in the second week of the season or first week in the season at safeco field where he robbed Derek jeter of a home run and the crowd just gave him mm-hmm. a 10 minute standing ovation. And I was at that game. It was so much fun. And that was really when Cammy knew that he had been accepted as a Seattle Mariner. Like, yes, we still love Ken Griffey Jr., but you're our guy now. And then Alex mm-hmm. Rodriguez walks as a free agent. 
which allows them to sign Brett Boone as a free agent, allows them to sign Ichiro as a free agent. And I think that's also when they got Stan Javier, who was a terrific fourth outfielder, and some other little mm-hmm. you know key pieces that they would not have been able to afford otherwise if they blew their wad on a wad, so to speak, which just popped into my head, which ah. is not very clever. It's not very clever, but whatever. Um, so it was. I, I was trying to cover for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll stand. I'll stand out there in the middle of the field, looking like a moron. I often do, but it was kind of those. And everything just seemed to go right. And what Lou Pinella stressed mm-hmm. in spring training was not necessarily trying to win every single game, but let's win as many series. As we can. And I don't think they lost a home series until August or September. And if you look at the numbers, Oakland actually had a better second half of the season than the Mariners did, even though the Mariners were very, very good. But they got up to that such hot start. And they started off, I think the entire month of April was against the American League West for the most part and um, just dominated. And they never really looked back. And yeah, the one. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. You know, every now and then when you're on the video, uh, it oh, just yeah. happens sometimes for, for the listeners who are wondering how podcast recording uh, in the current era and time goes, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to worry about the, the baseball reference just to remind myself, I was wrong. I forgot that they still had Edgar Martinez. Like it's still yes. this age 38 season, kind of like almost like a last hurrah around that area. Yeah, but it's still quite good reason why good. I always remember him. Yeah. He was great. Uh, they have Brett Boone, like all these guys. And um, I really just I can't stress enough how much I recommend watching that video. It'll be like nostalgic overload for you. This 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 team that I, I think I described it. Um, I, I don't know when I described it, but I described it as being that team is almost the real another. It's like that team could have had a Moneyball type of movie. That instead of it being about saving money, it could have been yeah. about taking that thing where the A's they claim that they lost like the greatest players in the league. Well, the Mariners literally <laughs> did. Like the Mariners <laughs> literally lost the best players in the league. You know, yeah, three and Hall then they have this guy Ichiro. You know, yeah, yeah, three Hall of Famers, and then the Mariners they come in with this this Ichiro dude who one of the more unique players that we have ever had. Just a straight oh, up yeah. hit king. You want a single? He'll get you for that. You know what I mean? And it, you know, doubles and stuff too, but great defense, all this stuff, right? And this guy, this weird guy who has all these quotes like, what are you going to do when you're not good at baseball? Oh, I guess I'll just die. Or, hey, uh, what's your dog's name? I don't have his permission to, to tell you that. Random, weird, weird guy that adds up to being the team that still stands as the, the all-time single season like gaming record. And it's not a team like the Dodgers. And it's kind of, I feel like the Mariners franchise as a whole, especially this 2001 team, are an example of just like how glorious and beautiful sports can be sometimes. No yes. one no one in their right mind would have expected the Mariners to be this good. Maybe there's oh, some no. people out there who are like, I think they could be a playoff contender. If there was anyone out there saying, yeah, Lou Pinello was going to take this team to 116 wins, they're crazy, right? You're doing sorcery. It's back to the future. Yeah. I do want to read one email question, which I, which I uh, got. This mm-hmm. is a, a, from a guy named Lewis. And I'm not going to try to um, say his last name, but I might on Friday. But his question is, considering that the Mariners hold the longest playoff drought in any major U.S. league and are also the only active MLB franchise to have never even won a pennant, are those of us who still watch every M's game the most loyal fans in sports? He's got a good point, actually. He does have a good point. Yeah, he does have a good point. <laughs> I'm not, and- I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to say yes or no, but he's got a good point. 
and quickly in just one second, it's going to cut off in uh, two and a half minutes, just so mm-hmm. you know. So do you want to like try and like wrap it up here? I feel like it's a good time anyway. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Let's run. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, hey, loyal fan bases, they're great. Yes. <laughs> you got to have a loyal fan base every now and then. And sir, let me tell you, uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun talking to you. I really love talking. I could talk about the Mariners for days. Like, I, I need you to message me. You got to promise me right now. You got to watch that video series. It's it's appointment <laughs> viewing for you. And then just text me back because I didn't know some of the things, especially when it comes to like the origins of the team and stuff. But uh, yeah. hey, man, I'm looking forward to this series. Uh, mm-hmm. As always, because, hey, the Padres don't play the Mariners that often. It's the American League and, um, and National League. And because I get to watch this man, Kyle Seeger, again and yeah. see him spit in my face as I wrote that article <laughs> on him and how much of a bane of my existence he was. Uh, DC, though, uh, dude, it's been it's been so much fun talking for sure. It's been a blast. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. All right, all right man. Yeah. Take care. And that is it, guys, for my discussion with DC Lumberg of Locked On Mariners. Kind of just a fun, uh, nerdy uh, part of the podcast. You know what I mean? And I really love talking with him about the Mariners and the 2001 Mariners and all that stuff. Um, I'm going to link in the description, which I mentioned in the podcast already, um, the video series for SBH. It's really, really good. I recommend everyone checking it out. Yes, I know I'm the Padres guy, but I got to give credit where credit is due. It was really excellent stuff. And with that said, first, before we uh, close things out, just want to say one more time, we will see what transpires in baseball, seeing the reports about the Brewers and if they potentially um, protest slash boycott slash wild cat strike, whatever the exact terminology is. If games are postponed and whether or not that trickles down to the Padres, let's pretend, for example, there's no Padres game tonight. Do not worry. I still will find ways to deliver a podcast tomorrow. And I've even got a bonus episode that I've been saving for what feels like forever that I'll throw up tomorrow uh, if need be. So do not worry, guys. What you should be worrying about is what is going on in our country for sure against um, historically disenfranchised groups and minorities. And in this case, the black community for sure. So pay attention to that, guys. I plead with you all to read and to listen. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, wherever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And go send me some nice reviews if you wouldn't mind on the iTunes app. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.